1: God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus.
0: Here is a testimony from Mrs. Tokes. Two members of my staff tested positive for COVID. One is a Muslim and the other is a non practicing Christian. Their symptoms were very bad and I offered to pray with them individually. The Muslim one was in severe pain. I prayed with her over the phone yesterday and when we were done, I could sense joy and peace settle over her. She was so thankful. Today, she says she's a lot better and the pain has reduced. The second one had told my born again assistant that if you don't get covid i'll pray to your god all of us have spent the past week in close proximity and it would have been expected for at least my assistant to also test positive as she works closely with the other two yesterday her main concern was in not being able to spend christmas with her family i prayed with her over the phone specifically that she would be negative by christmas she just sent me a picture of a negative test Saint Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel always and if necessary, use words. This year has been a phenomenal one for me. Coming into a greater awareness of who we are in Christ is priceless. Here's another testimony. I want to testify to the goodness of God from January to this present day about the faithfulness of God over my family and I. Master of the universe has been kind in all circumstances. I appreciate him for his provisions. He is paying my debts and sees to my huge hospital bills. He saw me through the surgeries, not put into cognizant my health challenges. He strengthens me, and every morning is another ray of victory. I bless God for the man of God, Pastor Davies, for building my faith more stronger in the Lord, allowing me to know my identity of who I am in Christ. Thank you for allowing God to use you for me. And many more I can't mention now. I am happy to be a part of this happy family. Praise God forevermore.
2: hello everyone merry christmas merry christmas i am so delighted to have you in church today i know you all in your different homes sitting down and having a meal or going visiting people or some of you uh, are doing community service you know quite incredible i just want to say thank you for all you do and thank you for loving the lord jesus thank you for being part of the family so i really want to welcome you today to today's broadcast if today is your first time of coming to church my name is David Babigboye. i am the lead pastor here in at the lighthouse which is uh, largely a digital church at the moment uh, i just want to welcome you to church powerfully by the power of the holy spirit i'm going to let you know that, that today you are going to have an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Today's going to be a short service. Usually we should not exceed the one hour mark, you know, so I'm going to put myself, myself on a watch here. All right, so thank you very much again for joining. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you, Almighty God, because today as we celebrate Christmas all over the world, we thank you, Almighty God, that we are reminding ourselves of the beauty of what we have come into, of the covenant that we have with you, what you have already achieved for us in jesus lord today we just want to thank you oh god that we have a hope that doesn't die we have eternal hope our faith is anchored on the indissoluble hope that we have in jesus therefore today lord as we expand your word let your word come out powerfully to touch your people to to help us to appreciate what we have in Jesus, to become people who are so excited about our faith and that we can go out in the world and talk about Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Let your words reach out this morning, oh God, touching lives, helping people, liberating people, setting people free, empowering everyone, oh God, to go out and live the life that you've ordained for us. May all the glory go to you. In Jesus name we pray hallelujah praise God again Merry Christmas from all of us at the lighthouse me and my family we just want to say thank you very much for being part of the family so today I'll continue on what I said last week which was the covenant of peace like I said um, in the previous broadcast last week I mentioned the fact that I preached this message on the, uh, the Christmas lunch when we had a Christmas lunch two weeks ago, I preached this message. But I'm doing a deep dive on it so that you can take some nugget away from it uh, and make it, you know, make it a reality for you. All right. So last week we started talking about the Covenant of Peace and we started that conversation. That message around in the birth of Jesus in the book of Luke chapter two. The Bible makes us understand that when the angels of the angels angels came to show up to the shepherds, they made a declaration that says that there is now peace on earth and goodwill to men why because there's glad tidings of great joy and i spoke last week about the fact that this glad tidings of great joy was nothing other than the fact that the birth of jesus was announced to the shepherds and and the battle of jesus was announced to them and the angel told them to go and to a particular location and they're going to see jesus christ in a manger wrapped in a wrapped in, in in a swaddling cloth in a manger and that's what they found all right, and but the words that came out from the mouth of the, the the angel, and the words that the uh, the myriads of angels, the heavenly hosts, the Bible call them, began to sing praise to God, Hallelujah to the King of Kings, for He has brought peace to the earth, and that He is now has got goodwill to all men. So that's why I say emphatically that God is not angry with the world. God is not angry with the world. You know, you might have somebody in your in your in your uh, neighborhood. Or someone in your office who doesn't know Jesus do you know that God is not angry with them God is not angry with the world why because the Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life so God loved the world God did not hate the world or no, God does not hate the world God loves the world now for those of us who are in this covenant relationship with god because we've given our lives to jesus the love that god has for us is even by none god has tremendous love for us praise god forevermore okay so we know that god loves the world now let me show you something scripture here in the book of john 3 16 and 17. in john chapter 3 verse 16 the bible says i'm reading from the passion transition it says for here is the way that god loved the world how he gave his only unique son as a gift this word gift here means the love gift god gave his son as a love gift so that so now everyone who believes in him in the son will never perish but experience eternal life now look at verse 17. verse 17 says god did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world pay attention to that god did not send jesus into the world to judge and condemn the world but what what did god sent jesus to become god sent jesus to be the savior of the world and to rescue the world rescue the world from what the dominion of satan the dominion of satan so god sent jesus to rescue the world from the dominion of satan this was salvation in this text actually is the word that brings regeneration to be renewed to be brought alive to, to to have the fullness of salvation And salvation in this context actually involves you know believing in the in the Lord Jesus accepting Him as our Lord and Savior understanding our union with Him and ranking God as the ultimate um, owner of all things and that God is more than enough so when we carry a consciousness in the middle of challenges that God is more than enough we are working out at our salvation Praise God so salvation when you see salvation in the Bible don't think about it as being limited only to being born again oh I've given my life to Jesus Christ I'm not going to hell no salvation is we are saved from hell we are continuously being saved from the presence of sin there's sin in the world right but we are continually being saved from the presence of sin and in the future when Christ comes back we are going to be saved forever from the impact of sin which means there's going to be a time in in the the future when sickness will not even be able to to, to attack our body our bodies because God will have given us a new body praise God so last week we spoke about the covenant of peace that we have but I ended that uh, message last week about talking about the fact that this peace that we have that's called covenant of peace was given to us by Jesus in John chapter 14 I believe it's in verse 27 Jesus Christ said I leave the gift of peace with you, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. God, God says He has given us His own perfect peace. As Jesus Christ was living the earth, He said, "I give you my own perfect peace." And this word "peace," this word "peace" in the Greek language is the word that is called "irene." I mentioned that last week. "Irene," e i r e n e, "irene," and Irene it means, among other things, to be exempt from the rage and havoc of war which means if there's some challenges going on in the world and people are dying left, right and center God says you are exempt from that you are exempt from that that is the, the meaning of peace in the Greek language that the new covenant was written in but under the old covenant the Hebrew context of peace is the word shalom and shalom really means nothing broken nothing missing <laughs> it is the state that a believer gets into that covers being prosperous healthy wealthy protected preserved healing protection well-being is a sense is in sense a state of wholeness a state of wholeness let me give an example of wholeness an example of wholeness in when we have the god kind of peace is you are able to live life the way you want to live your life you have good health in your body you have money to spend you have peace of mind you are not living in anxiety now that is the gift that he has given us now if we are not living or experiencing such things then we need to look at how do we appropriate what God already said he has given us so what I'm going to be looking at today is I'm going to be looking at the covenant of peace Which essentially looks at the resoluteness of the peace that God has given to us then if I have time I would then look at three things that you can do to appropriate that peace in your life praise God okay let us go to the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 which is a most popular passage that talks about the fact that Jesus Christ is was designated the Prince of Peace and chapter 9 verse 6 says a child has been born for us a son has been given to us the responsibility of complete dominion note the word complete dominion the responsibility of complete dominion we rest on his shoulders and his name will be the wonderful one the extraordinary strategist the mighty god the father of eternity and the prince of peace so let's take each of these appellations, tied to one at a time, and just deep dive. I, I, I cannot do uh, justice to this because that's not the purpose of this message. But it's, it's, you know the word "wonderful one" means F- the person who is full of wonder, the one who is full of wonder. That is what Jesus is. That's what Jesus is. The other day I was watching a documentary and about the ocean, you know, the seas, the seas and the oceans, and the creatures on the seas and it was totally mind-boggling the thousands and thousands of species and creatures that God has put in the ocean do you know that the ocean as it were has many layers with with the viscosity and the density of the liquid in one particular layer different from another layer and if God has placed an animal in a particular layer let's say layer a if that animal moves to layer b that animal could die because the animal or the fish or the sea creature has been placed in the particular region where it has been placed because god has designated that space to be conducive for for livelihood for that creature and there are there are portions of the sea that nobody has ever been to because it is too dark for anyone to get into now the sea is just one out of thousands and millions of things that God has created. And when we look at the beauty of the stars, the complexity of our universe, when we look at the complexity of the creatures that God has created and the, even the ecosystem that God set in place for these things, it is too much for us to understand. He is called the wonderful one. It's called the wonderful one. If you see a, someone who has been believing God for children and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God brought children to them, Miraculously, that science cannot even understand it, then you see the wonderful one at work. The wonderful one at work. Praise God forevermore. If somebody has been given up to die, and the doctor said, Oh, this person is gonna die. They had the evil report. The report from the doctor says you can't make it. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, God stepped in and healed that person. And the doctor could say, How is it, how is it possible? That is the wonderful one at work. I pray for you that the wonderful one. In the name of jesus that is already inside of you we manifest for you powerfully in 2022 in the name of jesus praise god so the second one is the extraordinary strategist. the extraordinary strategy. strategies you know in the natural there are things there are ways in which you want to do some things you put your your books together you put your you know your you, you want to do like let's say let's say you run a business you want to like um put your books together do your strategy planning and all that kind of stuff and all that is good But the extraordinary strategist is the one who says invest in this business, invest in that business, invest in that business. Way, way before anybody even knew something was going to happen. God is the extraordinary strategist. God is the extraordinary strategist. Praise God forevermore. You know the story of Jehoshaphat we read some weeks back when Jehoshaphat um, was facing this army and he couldn't fight them. And he apportioned men to praise God. The Bible says God caused these the enemies of Jehoshaphat to to fall upon themselves and kill themselves. That is the extraordinary strategies. Essentially, the the victory was won not by virtue of uh, of any form of weaponry or any form of human intervention. It was the strat- it's really God of the God, our God of divine strategies, that moved in into that situation to help Jehoshaphat. Praise God. The mighty God. (laughs) The mighty God. The mighty God or the almighty God. You know when God showed up to Abraham in in Book of Genesis chapter 17. God said to Abraham. I'm the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. And you begin to wonder why did God say that to Abraham? Because Abraham at this point in time was past the time of childbearing in the natural, Abraham was in a situation in his life where in the natural it is not possible for him to produce any, from any any child at all and God said right there when everybody says it is impossible, I am the mighty God that steps in and, and does wonders, praise God so the mighty God who came through for Mary and Martha bringing Jesus after four days and Lazarus has been dead and buried in the, in the tomb that God will show up in your life in the name of Jesus. The mighty God will intervene in the life of a, a, a blind man that's been blind, that's been blind from birth. And they've said, Oh, this one, nothing can happen here, will intervene in your life. The God that caused a man who, who is the madman of Gadara, who is he has no consciousness, he's crazy. And the Bible says he used to cut himself the same God that caused him to be healed immediately and he came back to his right senses and he sat down at the feet of Jesus learning from Jesus will intervene in your life in the name of Jesus the God who is called the mighty God his name is Jehovah and he's your father and he will intervene in your life in fact he has intervened in your life already by the death of Jesus The Bible says all of the promises of God have been fulfilled in Jesus. Everything that we ever need, God has already done. So I'm praying that this will become reality in your life as you step into this new year. In the name of Jesus, praise God. The Father of Eternity. Father of Eternity, you know, this one is, it's kind of a bit difficult to even express because none of us has been in eternity, but what it means by Father of Eternity is, before there was ever a world, before there was, before this world came to be, God was. And after this world is no longer, God, we continue to be when my time is up here and I get back to my father and it's the time of my children God will still be praise God father of eternity in our time we are living in the 21st century that's what they say but do you know in the eyes of God there's no 21st century time is the same to God God doesn't live in time that's why he's the father of eternity Praise god now this word prince of peace prince of peace the word prince of peace actually is a word that the rest, that represented is from the hebrew word sa warning prince sa warning prince so it means to wrestle to fight okay it means to rule or to govern as royalty so the word prince there is prince of shalom the ruler or the prince that wrestled a fight that brings peace into our life the God who rules our lives by mandating his peace to come into our situation the God who has wrestled and won the victory and brought shalom nothing broken nothing missing into our lives that word "sar" is the word Prince and is the same homonym that the word Sarah Sarah you know Abraham's wife Sarah means the one who rules the one who is the warring person the one who rules so Sarah means a princess who is a warrior so the Prince of Peace is the warrior who brings peace shalom into our lives praise God forevermore so this covenant that Jesus Christ is God in the name of the Prince of Peace how does it how did it become a covenant Well, when we look into Isaiah chapter 54 verses 7 to 10 this was a prophecy by prophet Isaiah talking about Jesus And this is where this text will begin to make sense to you. Okay, now, one thing I want you to know is that the book of Isaiah has a lot of prophetic utterances that have been fulfilling Jesus. Some of these prophecies came, were like, you know, 300, 300, 400 years before Jesus Christ even showed up. So, Isaiah made some prophetic utterances, a prophet in the, the Old Testament that, you know, that essentially came to pass, or these prophecies were talking about Jesus. Some of the prophecies were also talking about the general of Israel, but this particular one in this chapter here is talking about Jesus. But in Isaiah chapter 53, which is the chapter before there, it was the same chapter that was talking about the, the vicarious suffering of Jesus how Jesus Christ, you know, suffered, you know, how, how he, 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 his research was murdered more than any man's research could have been murdered. All right, essentially, Christ died in our stead. So, Isaiah chapter 53 was a prophetic utterance about the, the kind of death that just Christ was going to come to die for the sins of the world Isaiah chapter 54 is not talking about God saying look this is what happened this is what I'm going to do now because of your death because you have become uh, the sin sacrifice for the sins of the world these are the things that will not be happening going forward so Isaiah chapter 54 verses, verses 7 to 10 I read the Bible says for a small moment have I forsaken you but with great mercies will I gather you this text is talking about the fact that he's talking to Jesus it says there was a time I forsook you but with great mercies I will gather you when did Jesus cry? when did God sorry f- forsook Jesus is it was when he was hanging on the cross when he has become sin for us when he has taken on uh, the uh, the sin of the world he became sin for us the Bible says the eyes of the Lord is too holy to behold iniquity so God turned his back Turn his back at Jesus, turn his back, you know, um, from Jesus, and essentially Christ God forsook the Lord Jesus while he was on the cross because at that point in time he has become sin for us, he was the one who was undergoing judgment that we ought to have undergone. Okay, now he says, For a small moment, that being forsaken was well, just for a brief moment, I have forsaken you. Jesus Christ said, in, when, while he was on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Up until now, up until that time, Jesus Christ calls God the Father. Father, my Father and I are one. What I see my Father do, that's what I do. But at this point in time, when he became sin for us, he called him God, say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God forsook Jesus, so that he can accept you. God forsook Jesus, so that he can accept you. When God turned his back at Jesus, he was turning his face towards you. You can never be forsaken by God. The reality of this text is, God can never forsake you. That's what it means. Praise God. Verse eight says, In a little wrath, in a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, will i have mercy on you say the lord your, your redeemer scripture here is saying god said there was a time i hid my face from you talking about jesus on that cross i hid my face from you because you became sin for the world but it was for a moment but after you've conquered and won and the price has been paid now with everlasting kindness i will have mercy on you with everlasting kindness god is merciful Say the Lord that redeemed Do Redeemer means the one who bought back. How does this apply to you and I? You could say here, because the Lord hid his face from Jesus when he was on the cross and he paid the price for my sin, God will never hide his face from me. God will never hide his face from me. Now, if God will never hide his face from you, it means God will never hide anything from you. That's what it means. It means God will never hide anything from you. You know, some people will say, I don't know what God is saying oh, you better go and find one man of God to tell me what God is saying. Well, think about it this way. If you have a a, a child and you are in a family and your child cannot hear from you directly what you have to say to your own child and has to go through another person, then there's a problem in that family. So at times, when we relate to God as if we're servants, as if God is not our father, but God is our father, you can definitely 100% hear from him and say, Daddy, what's going on here? What do you want me to know? He says, I will not hide my face from you. I will not hide my face from you. The kindness that God has towards you, which is the mercy, the loving kindness of God, is everlasting, which means this kindness is not dependent on performance. God will always be kind to you. Say with me, God will always be kind to me. Say it together like you mean it. God will always be kind to me. Say it like you mean it. God will always be kind to me. Praise God. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. God will never forsake me god will never hide his face from me god will always be kind to me i'll say that again god will never forsake me god will never hide his face from me god will always be kind to me that should be the affirmation that you carry in your heart regardless of what you face in this world praise god verse 9 then says for this statement this all this statement we've made in verses verses 8 by 7 and 8. This statement I have made by 7 and 8. I talked about go will not go will not forsake me, God will not hide his face from me, go we always be kind to me. Those three sentences I've just made now, the Bible said this those sentences now is being underpinned by a profound, um a, a profound statement by God. In verse 9, it says, For this is as the waters of Noah unto me what is as as uh, what is like the waters of noah unto god the fact that god will never forsake you the fact that god will always be kind to you the fact that god will never hide his face from you those three things are, are those affirmations that god has made those declarations that god has made are like the waters of noah unto god what does the water of noah what does that even mean the bible then says in verse 9 it says for I, as i have sworn that the waters of noah should no more go over the earth so have i sworn that i will not be wroth with you nor rebuke you so the the <laughs> the statement that god made that god hinged on the covenant that he had with noah was this i will never be angry with you i will never rebuke you now think about that so coronavirus is going on in the world people are dying we pray for their families but somebody come back and say oh it is God punishing the world that contradicts it. that statement contradicts this sentence this one says God says I will never be angry with you you know what happened with the waters of Noah God destroyed the earth because of sin many 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 years ago Noah, Noah and his family was the, were the only family left on the face of the earth and God when when the water subsided and god started over again with noah god said to noah i'm going to put a rainbow in the sky anytime you see this rainbow even though there might be a lot of rain you know pouring on the earth even you might even see some places get flooded never ever think about that i will ever destroy the world again by water because that is my covenant that is my water that's my promise to you and god backed that promise up with what i call a token which is the rainbow the rainbow therefore becomes the token of the covenant a token is something that you see that reminds you of the covenant that has been made so if i if i make a covenant with you and i say look i will give you ten thousand dollars and i give you a check i say take this check ten thousand dollars anytime you open your drawers and you're thinking will davis will davis give this money will We will not give this money you see that check and you remember ten thousand dollars is coming all right okay now Obviously, in the case of God God's integrity is intact my integrity might be a bit at, maybe be at further times you know but God's integrity is 100% intact so when God says I'm gonna do this for you he backed up by this this oath this covenant and anytime you are back to that will God do what he says is gonna do you go back and look at the token that you've been given and say no God promised God is gonna come through do you understand what I'm saying now okay so if you apply that logic now to this nobody on the call nobody right now hearing my voice yeah Will ever see a rainbow in the sky, and you ever thought, you know what? It's about to, the world is about to be destroyed by flooding. Even if there, there is flooding in the nearby city from where you are you are living, you it, it will never cross your mind. Oh, is the world is going to get destroyed by flood? You would you would you don't think like that. You wouldn't even that wouldn't even cross your mind. Why? Because God has put that token there, and God has never violated that sentence. Okay. Now put it this way. If God did, did, God never violated the covenant he made with Noah, tokenized by the rainbow. God is saying, take that consciousness now and embrace this truth. That I will never be wrong with you. I will not rebuke you. Say with me, God will never be angry with me. God will never rebuke me. God will never re- be angry with me. God will never rebuke me. You know, in my, my first book that I wrote, which is called Fasting Negativity, there's one of the days that I spoke about God is angry with me as a negative thought. And I put in steps in there on how you can overcome that thought, that negative thought that says God is angry with me. Because when you think that God is angry with you, you know what will happen? If something goes wrong in your life, you think it is God punishing you. Even if it is your, your own thought that is bringing those things to pass, you think, oh, maybe God is punishing me. God is making this happen. And then you carry... A sense of fatalism f-a-t-a-l-i-s-m fatalism means you're saying my life is subject to fate fate has wielded that I this happens to me but that is not God that's not God. God is never angry with you and he says I will never rebuke you this sentence was this statement obviously was made with to Jesus but it is for you to embrace because you are not in Jesus this is the covenant that God has with us verse 10 then says for the mountains shall depart it is possible for there be uh, for the mountains to lift from one place to another. you know for example, if there's um Hurricane Katrina, if there was something that was Hurricane Katrina a lot of people died or there's a tsunami that killed a lot of people, the mountains shall depart. the hills can be removed all right. You know Mount kilimanjaro can today disappear tomorrow that can happen even though that's mm-hmm. even unthinkable but that can happen you can have a volcanic eruption that totally decimates um decimates a whole area take the mountain that was right there before and turn into a flat ground anything can happen in the physical like that right but God says my kindness this everlasting kindness shall not depart from you god says i will always love you i will always be kind to you no matter what you've done no matter what's going on in the world never forget I will always be kind to you I will always love you that's what God is saying to you that's what God is saying to you He says my kindness shall not depart from you neither shall the covenant of my peace the covenant of my Shalom shall not be removed God says I will not do that I will not remove my kindness my love from you I will not remove the covenant of Shalom from you that is where we got the covenant of peace from the covenant of peace that God has for you is not dependent on your performance dependent on the fact that jesus christ has won the victory because christ won the victory he became sin for us he died on the cross and he paid the ultimate price that is that god needed to be paid in order for sin to be for the issue of sin to be dealt with god now says christ now has that covenant of peace he was born as the prince of peace but by virtue of fulfilling this this um this need for sin to be paid for by the death of himself he, he, he entered into what they call the covenant of peace, and this covenant covenant of peace cannot be removed. This covenant of peace cannot be overturned. This covenant of peace will always be there. Now, the covenant of peace is a covenant of shalom that God has made with us. God made this covenant of shalom with us, and shalom means peace, prosperity, success, wholeness, and well-being. God is saying, "My covenant of my covenant of peace is your inheritance; is your portion." All the days of your life, Ephesians chapter two verse fourteen says, "Jesus Christ is our reconciling peace." Ephesians chapter two verse fourteen says, "Jesus Christ is our reconciling peace." I'm going to read this in the past in the Passion Translation. It says, "Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ by dying as our sacrifice. He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us." and has now made us equal through our union with christ i've got some notes here which i'm going to read i you see the word here that is you said you said christ is our reconciling peace there's peace shalom nothing broken nothing missing reconciling means two erring factors they are brought together to have harmony christ is the one that brought harmony between us and god at a point we were enemies of god because we were in the ways of satan but God has brought us together as the friends of God as we have harmony with God now Christ is the one who is the center that brought us together okay now the Bible then says here that he has how did he do that he broke down every wall of prejudice every wall of prejudice you know the word prejudice is a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience okay legally in, in the in the in the in the dictionary when i look at the meaning of prejudice you know what it says it says legally it's a harm or injury that results or may result from some action or judgment okay so somebody did something they they, they have a notion about something which may not be correct it's usually not correct and they use that to behave to you for example some people believe that because of the place where they came from you know they these people uh, there's racial injustice against them so they have this notion and therefore everywhere they go they have this understanding this person is not good enough this person is not good enough All right? so because of that preconceived notion is prejudice prejudice means essentially means it creates a barrier between people when you say because you are this and that you are not qualified you can't come in here because of where you came from you are not qualified you can't come in here the bible says christ broke down the wall of prejudice unfortunately in the church as well we have this party spirit where we say you don't belong in my church i don't belong in your church it's a form of prejudice and that is exactly why christ came he came to break down every wall of prejudice everything that can put us apart everything that can Put us in a camp away from God. Everything that can make us not to come close to God has been taken away completely by Jesus. Whether it's your thought process, whether it's your behavior, whether it's where you came from, whether it's your language, whether it's your addiction, whether it's your body weight, whatever it is that can take send, take you up, send you, uh, put you at uh, at distance from God, has been taken away completely by Jesus. Christ he is our reconciling peace. So, a wall of prejudice, I, I note, have you in my note, a wall of prejudice is a barrier erected through preconceived opinions that are not based on new creation realities. For the believer, the wall of prejudice is a barrier erected through preconceived opinions that are not based on new creation realities that separate people from experiencing intimacy with God. So, for example, if somebody were to tell you, God will not accept you because you are wearing trousers. You know, when I was growing up, in some churches is they, they, they said oh it's forbidden for a woman to wear trousers and therefore if you wear trousers, oh, God will not answer your prayer or you don't show up in church so because you are not coming to church now you are back god is not going to answer your prayer Those that those are walls of prejudice those are preconceived notions that are not based on new creation realities that are that ultimately put people apart from god they don't allow people to enjoy intimacy with god and the bible says christ is our reconciling peace he has broken down every wall of prejudice so any thought process that makes a believer or ties a believer standing in christ to how a believer performs instead of a focus on the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's hill is a wall of prejudice. There's no way in the reckoning of God, there's no way in the reckoning of God where you as a believer is inferior to another believer. I'll say that again. There's no way in the reckoning of God where you are inferior to another believer. There's no way in the reckoning of God that you are even inferior to any person on the face of the earth. The same anointing that's on my life is the same anointing that is on your life. No one Christian is greater than another. No. Everything that makes one preacher or one pastor to be high on a pedestal and every other person is on the ground here is a world of prejudice. And that's exactly what Christ came to separate us from. Christ has broken down the walls of prejudice and he has made us all equal in Christ. We are all equal as far as God is concerned. People are called into different offices to perform, to, to, to get to, to, to build up the church. But we are all children of God. <laughs> we are all children of God. God doesn't have one as a senior brother. No. You know, the only, the only elder brother we all have is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only elder brother that every believer has. All of us, we are children of God. On the earth, here we get called into different ministries to help and grow other people, you know. But the whole concept of, oh, I'm in a special class, you are in this other class, is ungodly. In fact, the whole clergy and laity conversation, this, this were clergy, they are special people. This one, uh, you know underdogs there are normal people in the church is ungodly God did not create us to have party spirit. where in the church some people think they are special other people are like you know they are not, not special we are all children of God by Christ Jesus you know the same blood that died the same blood that was shed sorry the same blood that was shed for the apostle is the same blood that was shed for me the same blood that, that was shed for me is the same blood that was shed for you Do you see where I'm coming from God did not. Christ did not shed a special blood To bring you into into the kingdom and shed is a a less special blood to bring me into the kingdom we are all children of god by christ jesus praise god forevermore romans chapter 5 verse 1 says because we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus because we have been justified by faith because we have come into jesus we have given our lives to jesus christ now we have this peace with god christ is the prince of peace Christ is the Prince of Peace, Christ has the covenant of peace, but this covenant of peace is ours. How does it become ours? Because in Romans 5.1, we have been justified by faith. In fact, in the Passion Translation, it says, our faith in Jesus has transferred God's righteousness unto us, which means the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the moment we give our life to Him, God transfers that righteous standing that Christ has with Him. And all that He port- portends, all that that righteousness standing with God means, is now being credited into your account. And one of the things that being in righteousness standing with God brings is peace. The Prince of Peace is now living inside of us. Because it's now living inside of us, we can lay claim that this Peace, this covenant of peace that is for Christ is now for us as well. Praise God forevermore. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. In the eyes of God, you are very flawless. This means you can enjoy true and lasting peace with God. What He is saying is that if you see yourself truly as flawless in the eyes of God, then you know you can come boldly to the throne room of grace and receive mercy in a time of need. You don't need to disqualify yourself and say, "Oh, I can't come in. God doesn't like me. God doesn't love me. Oh, I have done this. I have done that, so I'm not qualified." But I would say, no. When you place your, when you placed your, when you placed your faith in Jesus, God transfers, put in your account the righteousness that is of Christ, and now you can say, "I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus." Praise God. Forevermore, praise God forevermore. Because of our union with Jesus, because we have entered into this union with Christ, our lives are intertwined with Christ. God's peace, God's joy, God's lasting friendship is ours. Is ours. Praise God forevermore. All right. So, as a roundup, what are the three things that you can do? I think I have three things here that you can do to appropriate this peace in your life. Remember, as long as the can see the rainbow remember god is at peace with you god is at peace with you and to be at peace with with you means god has declared you righteous god has accepted you in christ end of story but how can you make this peace how can you make it a reality in your life number one you must believe that the peace is for you you must believe that the prince of peace lives inside of you romans 5 1 says being justified freely by faith we have peace with God we have peace with God we have peace with God let that sink into your subconsciousness when things are going well you have peace with God when things are not going well you have peace with God so remind yourself every single day when you wake up I have peace with God I have peace with God I have peace with God praise God forevermore you know um, a bit of a digression this week when we had Bible study you know we were looking at uh, book of Hebrews chapter 12 uh, verse 2 I think uh, our brother Harrison brought that up you know and he was talking about that for the joy that was set before Jesus he endured the shame of the cross he endured the pain and the shame of the cross all right and now he's seated at the right hand of God and we start talking about what was the joy set before Jesus and the Bible said we had the joy the joy that was set before Jesus that made him to endure the shame and the pain and the ignominy of the cross was every single believer essentially what this means is that 2000 years ago when Christ died on the cross before any of us ever showed up he looked down the ages and so that one day you're going to give your life to him one day you're gonna come into union with Jesus one day you're gonna become part of the family of God and he said you are worth it so you are worth it for Christ to die in your stead you are worth it for him to die lay down his life so that you can come into the kingdom therefore one of the things you get by christ dying in your stead is that you have peace with god because when he died in your stead and you put your faith in that death the bible says you are justified you are you are in the eyes of god is as if you have never sinned. you got god justified you god made you righteous god brought you into right standing with himself and because now you have this right standing with god the automatic outcome of that being having high standing with God is that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ does that make sense now so now that you know that you have peace with God this is your inheritance this is something that you have you are not begging God for it you're not begging God for it but it is important for you to know that you have it you know that for example if uh, let's say i'm your dad <laughs> and there's uh, you know i check out of this earth and i give you uh, a wheel and i said uh, i give you the house in uh, in park lane that that house is yours and the, when they were reading the wheel you know they say oh by the way mr so and so your dad is passed now he's giving you this house in in park lane it's, it's yours you know when you know that it is yours you can take action to go and possess it right but let's assume that you don't know that it is yours if you don't know that it is yours you can be sleeping under the bridge or you can live in a, in, in a not posh environment not knowing that you, you got, your father has already given you a, a you know uh, an accommodation a luxurious accommodation where you can live and it's been given to you for free that's what this sentence is saying believe that the Prince of Peace is already yours the peace, Prince of Peace lives inside of you when you believe that in your heart then you will have peace with God okay when you know you can have peace with God. Okay, step number two. Let your imagination be stayed on him even when you are going through the challenges of life. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, Perfect absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust in you. You know, this word imagination is the word yetzah. And Yetzar means that which forms and frames up. Imagination frames our realities. Imaginations frame our realities. It's unfortunate that we have allowed our imagination to be filled with negativity of this world. You know, and what we imagine is what we, we create. There's a saying I used to say, I say, imagination is the womb of creation. What does that mean? It means everybody, every one of us has a womb. No physical womb you have a spiritual womb a place where you create from and imagination is that womb of creation what you imagine is what you are going to produce so in order for you for you to have peace to experience this peace of god the bible says that let your imagination be consumed with god what does it mean to let your imagination be consumed with god it means when you are faced with a situation ask yourself the question what does this mean now in light of the new covenant in light of the fact that christ already died in my stead what does this mean now now whatever that means all right let that be what saturates your heart think about it meditate on it let your imagination the pictures you are creating in your mind be filled with the reality of god now when i say reality of god people of god i'm not not saying it's just by looking in the bible you know i'm saying christ is a reality of god the bible is in the book of hebrews chapter one I think in verse, verse 3 says, you no, know, Hebrew chapter 1, verse, verse, uh, verse 2, uh, you know, the Bible says, in, in, in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, at sundry times God spoke to the fathers through the prophets, but in this last day God has spoken to us in the Son, through whom He created the world. Then, verse 3 then says, the Son is the express image of the Father. The son is the express image of the father, which means if you want to know who God really is, don't look at Elijah, don't look at Elisha, don't look at Moses. Okay, look at Jesus. Look at how Jesus Christ dealt with the sinners, dealt with people that are sick, dealt with even the family life. Look at how we dealt with. That's a how. That's God at work. That's God at work. So essentially, when we're talking about, let your imagination be filled, be consumed with God. We're talking about let your imagination be consumed with the reality of Jesus. The, the way of Jesus, how he behaved, what he did, how he did. The Bible says, Jesus Christ came to show us the Father. Nobody knew, nobody knows the Father like Jesus. Nobody knew the Father as Father before Jesus Christ showed up. They knew God as God, but they, don't, they didn't know him as Father. So, so when Christ came, he showed the Father to us. Praise God forevermore. Alright, so let your imagination, what you think about, the pictures you paint in your heart, be, be filled, consumed by the reality of who Jesus is, of who the Father is. The Father, God is a good God. You don't have a job right now. God is still a good God. Look at the reality of the Father. He has made all provision available for you. He's a good God. have sickness in your body right now remember by his stripes you have been healed it became sin for you to take that 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 consequence of sickness away from your life so therefore God is a good God let your imagination be consumed with what you want with the good things you want okay let your imagination be consumed with the hope of the future that you seek praise God forevermore and lastly practice learn to practice peace how do we practice peace you see peace can be practiced in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 9 the bible says don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing be saturated in prayer throughout each day bible says you should pray throughout each day offering your faith-filled requests before god with overflowing gratitude so the first step in practicing peace is to allow your life to be a life of gratitude find little things in your life that you can be grateful for you know for example you don't have a job but you have your good health be grateful for that good health as you begin to be grateful for that good health Remember what I spoke about a, the um, your praise your miracles in your praise. I spoke about something like the the sand waves you send out will come back in in, in multiple fold. I spoke about the fact that every seed produces after its kind. If you remember, so when you have, when you find something something little in your life <laughs> right now that you can be grateful for, it will create a tsunami effect that will bring back more and more things to be grateful for. And the overflow of that is that that sickness will just one day you wake up and find out, boom, it's gone. So Bible says, pray. But be filled with gratitude tell god every detail of your life tell him he already knows but tell him make make declarations say father i thank you for this i thank you for that thank you for that I thank you for that every detail thank him for it thank him for it thank him for it okay don't say he's the one that brought sickness he's the one that brought uh, anxiety no god doesn't do evil all right but thank him that in the middle of that there are there's things that you can be thankful to god for all right as you begin to be thankful to god be practicing gratitude you begin to be you have you begin to get calmer and calmer in your mind calmer and calmer in your mind and then peace is able to follow okay verse 7 says when you do this when you overflow with gratitude god's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through jesus the Bible says, peace will then guard your heart the word guard there is the word garrison god in uh, peace will serve as a sentinel to the end to enter your heart sentinels sentinels at the entrance of your heart so imagine your heart is a door peace of God will serve as a guard will be the sentinel in the front of your heart so that your heart will not be troubled praise God Bible says when you overflow with gratitude peace of God will then guard your heart through Jesus then that's not enough last thing here is keep your thoughts now the things you think about continually fix on all that is authentic something is authentic is true is real is honorable and is admirable and is beautiful and is respectful is pure and holy is merciful and kind fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of god praising him always this is so beautiful it's saying choose what you think about if the litmus test of what you must think about is in this verse 8 if it is not admirable beautiful respectful pure holy merciful kind authentic and real don't think about it don't fasten your thought it doesn't mean that you thought it, it doesn't mean your thought will not stray to those things from time to time but don't fasten your thought means uh, don't fasten me to clasp together don't let your heart be saturated be consumed by those things no but i'm saying let your thought not be fixed on this thing but rather let your thought be fixed on what every glorious work of god everything that will praise the name of god everything that will extol the name of god everything that will lift up what god is doing in the world let those be the things that your thoughts are fasting upon Praise God. The Bible says, when you then put this into practice, put all of this thing into practice, make it a way of life, verse 9, then the God of peace will manifest in your life. That's it. Simple. When you choose your thoughts, let your imagination therefore focus on God and what he's doing. Don't start talking about what Satan is doing. Then the Bible says, the peace of God will show up in your life. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Again, I want to say a very Merry merry Christmas to you. Thank you again for being part of this channel, part of the church. Thank you for showing up every Sunday. Thank you for showing up on Wednesday service. You know, as the year runs to an end, I just got to pray for you. You know, I want to say to you that the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The, the, The shalom of God. The nothing broken, nothing missing life of God. is at work in your life. That 2022 will be a far, far greater year for you and your family in the name of Jesus. Thank you very much for joining join us and I, again from myself my family and all of us i want to say thank you very much and have a wonderful christmas you're blessed and highly i'll speak to you another time
0: thank you for joining today's service which was great and awesome as usual we hope that you were blessed the replay of today's sermon will be available by 10 a.m uk time on our social media handles youtube facebook and instagram at the lighthouse you can also subscribe to our podcast channel on www.thelighthouse.org.podcast. You can also listen to other messages. Do not forget that you can reach out for more information on our website at www.thelighthouse.org or you can send a message to light at the lighthouse.org. Our services hold twice a week on Sundays 8 a.m. UK time and on Wednesdays by 6 p.m. Jupiter time. We look forward to you joining us. Do good by inviting someone to church. Till then, stay permanently blessed. Hello, I am Sophia Bamiboye from the major department and this is to wish the Lighthouse to Church a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in advance. You are blessed and highly favored. Hi, my name is Tamar. I'm a volunteer at the Lighthouse Digital Church. I edit some of the text and then you've seen me host a couple of interviews. So me being at the Lighthouse has been life changing for me. I have encountered God. I have been growing in my knowledge and understanding of my identity in what God has done for me and in Christ Jesus. In fact, I can confidently say that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as a result of the teachings I have enjoyed in this church by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to wish you a very, 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 very Merry Christmas and a fabulous new year.
2: Bye. Hello, my name is Emmanuel Kayode Oloranishola. I'm the technical support for the Letters Church. I'm here to wish you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in advance. May you also encounter God in everything you do in the Lighthouse Church. I pray this coming new year, you are spreading good news, testimony, and favor in Jesus' name. I'm a living testimony. So, this new year, be expectant of what God is going to do in your life. I love you all. God bless you. Hello, I am
0: Sheba Nuguri. I am taking this season up to shout out to all the Lighthouse friends and family home and abroad. Merry Christmas
3: and a prosperous new year. Shalom.